0: Hey everyone and welcome to the very first episode of Marine Mammal Rescue Stories. My name is Marcus, and I'm going to be your host on this podcast series about the rescue and rehabilitation of marine mammals. We're going to talk about what's so special, so unique about marine mammals versus, well, other groups of animals. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, their time here in rehab and um, how we got them back to health. And we're going to talk about In some cases, uh, what we know happened to them after we released them back into the wild. So my very first guest on this program is Sean Cahoon. She is a veterinary technologist or veterinary technician, depending on where in the world you are. And she is one of the people who cared for Joey, a rescued an orphaned sea otter pup, uh, while he was at the Marine Memory Rescue Center, and she still cares for him at the Vancouver Crime, where she also works. And um, I had a chance to ask her all those utter questions that people have been asking on our YouTube channel. Hey, Sean, how are you doing?
1: Hey, Marcus, I'm good. Hey, everybody on YouTube. Uh, happy Saturday. <laughs>
0: that's a beautiful saturday here in beautiful british columbia and uh, we're now ready to take your questions uh, in the chat but uh, sean maybe you can just start by letting us uh, know a little bit about what a veterinary a veterinary technologist actually does
1: <laughs> sure um so i am um, along with my team are we are basically responsible for the health care of all of the animals um on site at the aquarium as well as helping out at the marine mammal rescue center whenever is necessary so we work with a, a wide variety of species, anything from a tiny fish or a frog all the way up to a giant sea lion or a walrus and everything in between. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of like a nurse for animals, but we do um, a lot of the diagnostics. We do x-rays, anesthesia, lab work, all of that kind of stuff. So it's all encompassing pretty much.
0: Wow, that's, that's a lot that you do as a vet tech. Um, most people probably think that veterinarians do that, but um, a lot mm-hmm. of that actually falls into uh, what you do, right?
1: Yeah, that's totally right, Marcus. Um, obviously, we work under the direct supervision or sometimes indirect supervision of, um, of veterinarians, but um, basically the only thing that we cannot do is diagnose, uh, prescribe, or do surgeries. So kind of everything in between is, is mostly
0: up to us to do um, under the direction of a vet. Wow. Um, that's impressive. Um, vet techs, um, well, that's, that's what I always say, at least. Uh, um, sort of the, the superheroes, they are the people that do the actual work in between all the Um, very technical work that requires all the extra education that those veterinarians go through. But it is very impressive. And um, thanks for joining us here this morning, Sean, to answer all those questions. Um, And there's already hundreds of them uh, streaming in through (laughs) YouTube. (laughs) We're going to try and get to some of them. Uh, They may be a bit random because uh, it's going to be really hard to sort them, but um, we're going to get to as many of them um, as uh, we can. Um, There's one Comparing to being in the wild, how is Joey regarding size, weight, and his behavior? That's an interesting question. Is there any difference between that's, wild and captive?
1: That's a really good question. Um, I'm not sure if there are a lot of studies done regarding morphometrics or um, weight and measurements in wild sea other pups. Uh, but in our experience and with the ones that we've raised, uh, he's right on track, basically. You can see in the video he's in really good body condition. He's got a good appetite. He's gaining weight rapidly, <laughs> Um, his weight's gone up quite a bit since he was admitted. And, um, and he's doing. He's hitting all of the milestones and doing all of the things that we want to see in a, in a hand raised sea otter pot. So he's eating well, he's starting to groom, he's taking his solids, he's interactive with his enrichment, uh, he's swimming, he's diving um he's biting <laughs> he's doing all of the things that a baby sea otter pup should do so we're really happy with where he's at
0: yes well you mentioned the weight gain uh, we have a weight ticker up on a youtube chat and that certainly is going up every single day and people are always amazed like oh my god how could he possibly have gained this much weight in one day but yes a rapid weight gain no kidding right
1: exactly um and sea otters will take in between 20 to 30 percent of their body weight and food per day so he's exactly what we're doing exactly what we want him to be doing with his weight gain
0: right um another question regarding sort of kind of diet this is a question we get quite often does joey drink water from his tub or do you guys give him other water so fresh water in other words
1: So marine mammals don't really drink water. Um, They take in the majority of their uh, hydration from the food that they eat. Uh, So we're feeding Joey a uh, formula that is a commercial dog um, or puppy milk replacer mixed with a lot of water and some clams and some vitamins. And so that's where he gets the majority of his hydration from. Um, And if if you've ever seen uh, either at the aquarium or on YouTube or in person, a marine mammal eats its fish in the water eat its food in the water they actually spit out most of the seawater that they take in so seawater for them is not hydration uh it mainly comes from their food
0: intake right and um i'm sure i think you mentioned it uh, they have their kidneys to take care of any excess salt that still ends up within them right
1: yeah they have extraordinary kidneys so they can they can actually filter out the excess seawater. water it's actually wouldn't be good for for a normal person or a normal animal to drink that, it, it makes most animals uh, vomit. But marine mammals have a special way of filtering it out.
0: So smart. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we also give them ice treats. You'll see, Joey gets a lot of ice. Um, and our otters in the aquarium love ice. They get tons of ice. And so they get a little bit of extra hydration from that as well.
0: Right. Um. This that, is an unusual question. Does he donate to the blood bank? Somebody uh, says they're new to veterinary medicine. Um, does he or do all, any of the otters at the aquarium give blood to some sort of blood bank? Um,
1: as far as I know, there is not a blood bank for sea otters. I could be wrong. Somebody correct me if I am wrong. Um, we actually have had to do a blood trans- transfusion on the sea otter before. And it was a rescued otter. And uh, we actually, the donor was one of our male otters that lived with us at the aquarium. And, uh, and so we did a quick kind of pre-match to make sure that there was no major interactions between the two blood types. There's also not really blood typing that exists for otters that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so we've actually done a blood transfusion before. Um, we don't have blood banks. I'm not sure if there is a blood bank. But we've got uh, a, a good little collection of otters that we can uh, draw blood from if we need to.
0: Right, uh, quite astonishing to me, just the fact that you've done a, a blood transfusion. Honestly, i We have.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> we could probably do an extra episode just to uh, list all the various exotic species that you've done interesting procedures on. Oh
1: yeah, we could talk for days about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, there's another question. Um, Okay, that's this a cool one. Uh, what's Joey's personality in a nutshell? They all pretty much look the same, all those baby otters, but does he have some sort of special traits that are unique to him?
1: Uh, well, he, he's going through phases like most babies do. So he's in kind of a bitey phase right now. Um, he's probably teething. He, oh my God, <laughs> whoever's watching the YouTube right now, I have no idea what he's doing. <laughs> um, he's wiggly, that's for sure. Um and uh, so, yeah, so he's going through a bit of a bitey phase right now. So, we're starting to introduce more and more solid foods to, to satisfy the uh, chomping instincts that he has. Right. Uh, he's a pretty demanding otter. So, as soon as he wakes up and has to go to the bathroom, you'll hear about it. <laughs> um, for all of you asking why there's no sound on YouTube, that is why <laughs> a sea otter pup's cry is piercing. Uh, and it's not, it's not nice on the ears. And so when he's hungry, when he's got to go, when he wants a toy, when he wants some ice, he will hear about it for sure. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a pretty typical baby otter. The hand raised, the hand reared ones tend to be a little bit more spoiled, <laughs> obviously. Um, so yeah, so he's, he's working through his spoiled childhood right now.
0: Okay, I, I guess people that have been watching him uh, have a pretty good idea of uh, how um, exciting it can be to uh, care for an animal like this. I think he was taking yep. this, his crib apart pretty much non-stop yesterday. Poor Kendra, oh yeah, poor Kendra are was are very, trying to keep him in check.
1: <laughs> otters are very, uh, with their front paws, they're very tactile and dexterous. And they can actually unscrew things, they can take things apart. We have one otter uh, in our family of at the aquarium that she likes to dive down and, and try and deconstruct her habitat so she's also a hand raised baby by the way <laughs> they're very mischievous animals
0: <laughs> yes and there's always people asking why is the crib made out of PVC pipes well that's that's why we need uh, easy construction materials <laughs> to reconstruct this yes. thing again if he takes it apart <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly and it's big enough and it's um, the PVC piping is, is round and smooth so that he can't actually bite and watch can't actually bite and uh, and latch
0: onto it. So hopefully, it stays in one piece throughout his childhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else do we have? Uh, so many questions here. Um, which one do I take? Uh, do otters have food preferences? Like, do they like certain foods more than others, uh, and maybe not uh, not at all that sea otters usually would. Okay.
1: Uh, so, we only feed our otters items that otters would normally eat in the wild. Uh, and that includes clams and squids, capelin. Sometimes they'll get live crab or sea urchin. Um, and otters definitely have, have preferences. Some of them only like the nice smooth parts of the clam and don't like the clam guts. Some of them won't eat capelin. Some of them love capelin. Uh, right. So definitely preferences, but uh, all of them eat the clam, and they love the clam, and that's the, the main staple on the otter diet. Uh, we actually make ice treats that have little bits of clam in them as well, and they go crazy for those. So, um, But yeah, just like people, they do have preferences, but they are not offered an unlimited array of food items. It's it's limited to just what they would eat in the wild.
0: And their favorite food, clams, of course, is also the most expensive food item on the menu. <laughs> yes.
1: They also, a lot of them really love shrimp. Um, so, we do make some sweet butter shrimp as well. Uh, we do peel them for them because, like I said, they are all spoiled.
0: <laughs> of course. <laughs> I remember peeling quite a few of those as well when I was in Fish House. So much fun. Uh,
1: of course. Yes, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> some of them actually prefer to peel their own shrimp. It's funny. We had a, a rescue daughter at the rescue center several years ago. His name was Walter. So people might remember him. He's a lovely old man. Um, but he actually loved feeling his own shrimp and clams. He'd, he'd sell his own clams. Um, I think that there was actually, there was a video that went viral about him eating some little clams. <laughs> he just piled the shells up on his chest. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So much fun. Uh, People are watching uh, at the the window at the aquarium right now, uh, watching him on the grooming table. I couldn't even describe what he's doing there, but um, he's wiggling on the grooming table. People are so excited to see him. He
1: is. He's, uh, he's giving Sherry a lot to do on her uh, volunteer
0: shifts with us today. <laughs> yes. She looks very busy. Um, very patient, too. You need to be so patient with this kind of patient. Um, you really do. There's actually one question regarding to wiggling. Why does Joey often wiggle? Is this part of grooming?
1: Uh, it's, it's likely a grooming thing. So he's wiggling his back on the towel to either dry off his fur or try and get out some of the mats or the, the water that's stored in there. Um, as people probably know, because it's, uh, it's been on the, the banner on the top of the video, it, uh, a sea otter spend about 30% of their day grooming. Uh, their, cur- their fur is really, really important to them. And so, uh, they need to keep all the water out. They need to keep it really clean. Otherwise, it is not waterproof, and it they can't thermoregulate properly. And so if, if their fur isn't clean and the water, gets through the fur and touches their skin, it can affect their temperature. Um, otters, our otters, northern sea otters, uh, live in, in pretty chilly waters. If anyone has ever swam in our ocean, you will know. Um, and so it's really important for them to be able to keep their, their fur in, in good condition. And so as he's learning to groom, uh, it's one of the tools that he uses to, to get his coat in good shape.
0: Right. And yeah, people ask about about it this all the time as well. We're uh, getting the temperature in the room, you know, we've got all those fans blowing cool air on him, we've got those ice mm-hmm. packs underneath him, and that's for the same reason, right? He really doesn't like it warm.
1: Yep, that's exactly right. Again, Northern, the otters uh, live in the north. <laughs> A lot of them are in Alaska, where it gets super chilly, um, and west coast of Vancouver Island, and, and kind of north of Vancouver Island. Um, and so, The same way that the otter's fur keeps it it warm in cold water, it can also cool it down just by by keeping it nicely insulated and cool in the water. Um, And they can haul out whenever they need to to get their fur in order. Obviously, Joey spends the majority of his time out of water currently, so it's really important for us to be able to maintain his temperature. I don't know if you can see it in the video, but there are uh, air conditioning units in there and multiple fans and cold water and ice. Um, so, we have a lot of tools to be able to regulate his temperature properly.
0: And we do take his temperature every now and then too, right? To measure to monitor his body condition.
1: Yeah, not so much the older he gets. But when he was young and, and critical and uh, and we weren't sure of his health status, we definitely were taking his temperature multiple times a day just to make sure that he was on the right track. And then we could make adjustments based on what his temperature was. So if he was chilly, we would do more grooming and dry him off. If he was warm, we would give him a little swim. Uh, the thing with otters is you never want to blow warm air on them uh, or heat them because they they can overheat within minutes. So it's really important to, if, if you've got an otter that's cold, we'll just blow some cool air and, and use a towel and a comb and dry them off, and that usually helps to warm up uh, their body temperature.
0: Right, and I think that also answers one of the questions we often get, whether you can take sea otters uh, and keep them as pets. Uh, definitely something we do not recommend because they are very high-maintenance animals.
1: <laughs> Absolutely not. Please do not ever attempt that. If you do see a, a, are either a pup or an adult that you suspect is in distress or abandon, um, you can call our rescue line, which is 604-258-7325, and uh, we'll help you to figure out the best course of action. They also are nasty, or they can be nasty, especially wild ones. You do not want this daughter anywhere near you or your home. Please don't attempt that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And not uh, not if you're too attached to uh, all your limbs and your nose, maybe, (laughs) and your face.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Fingers and appendages, yeah.
0: (laughs) That makes perfect sense to me. Um, There was also a lot of questions uh, as we were talking about water and uh, uh, him cooling off in a pool. Um, People are asking when is he going to be moved uh, into a a larger habitat where he has access to a big pool. Uh, I can't say
1: the exact timeline. Um, I would say that the next step would be um, a pool a little bit bigger than that, the black tub that's in there just to make sure if he is diving that he can, his uh, he, buoyancy is, is still accurate and he can come up for air when he needs to. Um, we've done in the past with some of our previous otter pups, uh, we've dropped one of the exhibit pools to a level where somebody could actually stand in there with him, but it's still deep enough for him to dive. So it'll be baby steps for him. Um, again I can't say when exactly that's gonna happen, but uh yeah, in sometime in the pretty near future. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm sure that'll be very interesting, very exciting to watch. <laughs> I can't wait for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, they well, usually get they usually get pretty confused and head straight for the hollow right away, and it takes some convincing. But once they realize that they're an otter and they're meant to be in that pool, then they're like, <laughs> no shame, <train> back. <laughs> I,
0: I, yeah, I, I remember that from all the other uh, otter pups, and that's also a question we we get. Um, whether any of these animals were born in captivity, um, which isn't true, right? All of these otters were uh, previously rescued somewhere. They're all orphans.
1: Correct. Yeah, all of our otters are rescued otters. Um, Let's see if I can remember. We have Katmai, who was a otter, uh, rescued the otter pup from Alaska. She was separated from her mom during a storm. That was in 2012. Uh, We have Rialto, who is a rescued otter. He's from Washington State. He was found on Rialto Beach, also separated from his mom. Uh, I think there was also a big storm and really high tides, Um, so he was rescued by the Seattle Aquarium. We have Mack and Kunik, who were also rescued in Alaska. We have Hardy, who uh, was a rescue off Port Hardy, and that was in 2017, so our rescue center responded to him and uh, and raised him from a papa and now he's, I think he weighs about 65 pounds. He's a big kid. Wow. Um, and then we have Taslina, who was also rescued from Alaska uh, last summer. And now we have Joey. I think that's everybody. Did I get them all?
0: <laughs> well, don't ask me. Have, <laughs> I'm so confused when I stand in front of that otter habitat. I'm literally just so confused. I can't tell any of them apart. They're all just otters to me now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they're definitely hard to tell apart. They have they each have like subtle little differences. Like um, Hardy used got blonder cheeks than others. Max got one whisker that sticks up. Uh, Cat Mike got a really light head because she's she's the oldest otter. Um, so yeah, you you just got to watch them for a while to learn the differences. But long story short, yes, they are all rescued otters. No, none of our otters have been born in captivity.
0: Right, and there was, uh, there was one question uh, regarding breeding. Obviously, we don't have a breeding program at the Vancouver Aquarium, but uh, people were asking, how do we prevent them from breeding?
1: Um, we don't have a permit for breeding, um, and so we use a couple of different ways to prevent that from happening. We have several different pools that the otters can be moved around in, um, and so, sometimes if breeding behaviors are exhibited, um, we, will, we will change up the pairings. Um, we do monitor their blood work and their hormone levels, so we can have a good idea of what when hormonal times are for, for the otters. Um, so, it's, it definitely takes some juggling by the marine mammal team to, to make sure that everybody stays healthy and happy.
0: Right. Um there's a question what is the primary source of in- income for the rescue center? I'm actually going to take that. Um, yep. the, the Marine Memory Rescue Center is part of Oceanwise, the Oceanwise Conservation Association, which is a non nonprofit and registered charity here in Canada. And that organization runs both the Vancouver Aquarium and the Marine Mammal Rescue Center. And uh, all the money that comes in from the Vancouver Aquarium through admissions, uh, part of that is allocated to the rescue center as well. But uh, this year in particular... A lot of the funding comes from donations from members of the public as well. So if you're donating or adopting an animal, just like Joey, um, you see on our live stream, we have this uh, donor ticker there at the very top where we recognize the people that donate to the rescue center. And uh, yeah, those donations directly fund. Uh, the care of the animals at the Marine Memory Rescue Center and our former patients that now live at the Vancouver Aquarium. So all the rescued animals that now live at the Aquarium are also funded by that. And uh, some of that money even goes uh, to fund people like Sean, uh, veterinary <laughs> technicians and the veterinary staff that are uh, taking care of these animals. They are so vitally important. Um we're nearing the end of what i had planned for this uh session but uh, i'm still going to ask one more question there's a lot of questions uh, people ask uh, cuz they watch on tv um uh, programming showing the surrogate uh program at the Monterey Bay uh aquarium and there's a lot of people asking why uh, we don't have such a program in in Vancouver can you t- can you say anything about about that at all sure
1: uh i will address it as best as i can um I think the the surrogate program in Monterey is great. Uh, they have a different species of otter um, in California. They have southern sea otters, uh, so they don't. There's no crossover between uh, ranges and territories and that kind of thing. Um, and so we any otter that we rescue here could not be part of their surrogate program there. Um, we also we don't. I mean, our, our last otter that we rescued in British Columbia was in 2017, uh, and so to set up a surrogacy program like what they've got in Monterey takes an incredible amount of time, work, dedication, um, and, um, and planning. And I just, I think that it's not something that would be worth it here with one otter rescue every couple of years. Um, the Southern sea otter population is also of concern more so than the Northern sea otter population. And so it's, it's, more, it's important for those animals to get back out into the wild. Having said that, I, I believe that most of the otter pups that they have um, put through the surrogate program and released still kind of hang out in the, in the Monterey area, just outside of the aquarium. Um, but, yeah, and more important for those guys to be out in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a, I, I, that's about as much as I know about that.
0: Right. I, I think that's that's. Quite comprehensive. Um, and uh, I, I believe that's something we always tell people as why well. um, even the uh, animals that are rescued in, uh, in California, each of those um, surrogate mothers can only take care of one pup at a time. And sure. it takes quite a lot of time uh, to, to get a pup to the point where it can be released and it has to be done very early on. And uh, it's all yeah. quite, it's it's very complex, like you said. It's very difficult to set up such a program. And um, yeah, thankfully, yeah. Uh, we don't have too many otters rescued is, here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the other thing is that all of our otters have been hand raised by people in aquariums as well. So I'm not sure how good. Um, of an instructor or a teacher are on it's not teaching a pup how to live out in the wild why is nobody bringing me my clam
0: five times <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not sure the, the skills they've acquired like how to deconstruct a habitat <laughs> would necessarily help right. <laughs> Right, exactly. And considering that the the otters in California tend to hang out just in front of the Monterey Aquarium <laughs> in the same area, I'm not sure what our harbors would look like with all those rescued pups hanging out. in a bunch of pups out
1: in the garden. nope,
0: that doesn't work. <laughs> um, okay, let's see if I have one more question that I'm gonna slip in. Um, Yeah, actually, there's been a question earlier of whether we give them uh, clams in their shells when when they're older so that they can crack those open. And another question, I've seen uh, others, uh, otters crack open their food with a favorite stone. Do you encourage that behavior? I already know the answer, (laughs) but can you tell us?
1: Uh, We we always love to encourage natural behaviors and we do often give our otters uh, live food items. So like I said, live uh, crabs, uh, we've done sea urchins. We've done clams. Um, they love to, to crack open their their clams themselves. Um, our otters definitely do exhibit those natural behaviors, and they'll pick a favorite toy or an ice treat or a shell of something that they have previously cracked open, and they, they save it in their little pocket. Um, <laughs> so many names for those little pockets. It's basically a, a pocket of skin kind of underneath their armpit that. They can hoard food and uh, rocks and other items in. Some people call them rock pockets. Some people call them snack pockets. Some people call them satchels. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, uh, so they, we definitely like to bring out those natural behaviors and um, and they enjoy it every time we do. <laughs> I,
0: I think I'd, somebody yesterday in the chat uh, mentioned that they feel like an otter already because they're, they're just sitting on the couch and uh, collecting food on their bellies. So Yeah. Um. Yes. Oh
1: yes, yeah. And um, yeah, you use your chest to the table for sure. I think I think during these COVID times we've all been guilty of that one
0: very <laughs> We are all otters. Um, okay, one last question. Uh, because it's connected to uh, the uh, breeding topic that we had a few minutes ago. Um, somebody asked, Why does it take a breeding permit even if they are endangered?
1: Um, I can speak a little bit to this. I don't know if you can add anything to that, Marcus, but um, any animal like a sea otter that we have rescued, um, is we've done so under the direction of the government. Um, and so anything that we do with those animals need, need permits. Uh, and I don't know, Marcus, if you know anything that you can add to that.
0: Yeah, well, in Canada, we have the Marine Mammal Regulations, and under those regulations and the Fisheries Act, so basically we have the Fisheries Act, and the Marine Mammal Regulations execute the Fisheries Act, and uh, yeah, basically we can't even get anywhere near a Marine Mammal without a permit, so if we want to rescue an animal, we need a permit, if we want to release an animal back into the wild, we need a permit. If we want to move a marine mammal that we have previously rescued to another place, we need a permit. We need a permit for just about anything, and uh, breeding is, of course, part of that. And um, I think a more practical uh, answer to that question is also, what do we do with all those uh, otters? If we were to breed them, if we had, like say, 20 otters, um, we can't release them back into the wild because they wouldn't survive. They don't have the survival skills needed Um uh, to be out in the wild. Um, We could feed them in the harbor maybe, but um, I'm, I'm not sure that kind of tourist attractions would be worth it, would probably cause disruption. Um, <laughs> Good point. <laughs> but basically, we we, we there is nothing we could do with them. Even if we raise a hundred uh, otters in captivity, there is no way we can get them back into the wild. So endangered or not, that doesn't really make a difference because we just can't release them back into the wild. It's it's different with yeah. fish where we can raise millions of fish in captivity and release them back into the wild. Um, that that works to repopulate a fish population. But unfortunately, with uh, most mammals, that's a little bit more complicated. Yep, definitely. Okay. Well, Sean, thank you so much for joining me this morning for our Ask Me Anything here on YouTube. Uh, Thank you also for our audience for asking all those questions. Uh, Sean, are you up for doing this uh, one more time sometime in the near future?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And thanks for all the questions and, and all of the support and also comments. We really appreciate it
0: all right thanks again everybody Um, have a good rest of your day while watching our live stream on YouTube and uh, I keep hearing from people uh, that they no longer sleep that they get in trouble with their bosses for watching this at work Uh, I believe we have uh, some person who is watching this uh, at a fire station uh, uh, where she's getting all the other uh, people in that fire department um, slightly annoyed (laughs) with her otter programming there we have uh, somebody who uh, who, who tuned in uh, to this program at um, a care home. So uh, all the uh, older people watching there are watching otters all day. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, of course, really that's cute. <laughs> and we love hearing yeah. those stories. So please share them with us. Uh, and once again, thanks, everyone, for watching. And uh, we'll do this again. Sean, have a good day, too. Thank you, too,
1: Marcus. Bye, everybody.
0: Bye. And that's it for our first episode. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, There will be more of these uh, to come. uh, So make sure you subscribe to this channel. If you'd like to support the Marine Memory Rescue Center, you can do that by going to mmrpatients.org. That's mmrpatients.org. You can also find that link in our description for this episode. And uh, there you can symbolically adopt any single one of those patients that they currently care for. You can find out more about the individual animals, follow their stories. It's really cool, mmrpatients.org. With that... Thanks so much again and have a good day.